1: We're back here on the second guest show, Mike to tell you, along with the Cajun Cannon Bobby A Bear from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beatside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J and I will be on until eight o'clock tonight on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line from Clutch Points. Chris Dodson, who covers the NBA and covers the Pelicans. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How you doing?
0: Oh man, I'm doing great. Waiting for the game. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hope y'all doing well. Chris,
1: uh, playing the Celtics at home, that hasn't been a good formula for anybody to win. Uh, it, with their 20-2, and two, Charlie and I were talking about this, and uh, two losses. One was to the Nuggets. The other one was to the Clippers. Uh, man, for a Pelicans team that is reeling right now, uh, after two shellackens, uh, man, uh, this isn't the opponent you want to see next,
0: so to speak, like Goldberg. You don't want to see him next in line. No, no, you definitely want to, don't want to see the Celtics next in line because, like you just said, this twenty and two start—they're doing things with this Celtics team that Larry Bird couldn't do, that Robert Parrish couldn't do. And anytime you're doing something better than those two guys, yeah, if as an opposing team, you don't want to catch them on a bad night because they can put another you know thirty point whooping on you. And uh, I think the Pelicans are going to avoid that, but it's going to be tough to go to Boston and get a win.
2: And uh, you know, Chris, uh, I look at. Um... Because, you know, December has been favorable uh, to the Pels uh, the last couple of seasons. Uh, but not so much in January. I'm looking at 21 and 22. They were 5 and 10. Last year, they were 3 and 13. We all know uh, that Zion getting hurt. I'm looking at the Pels will need to win uh, tonight against Boston or Wednesday in Houston to ensure finishing January with a winning record. Uh, now, they 7 and 6 for this month. Uh, now, uh, quality wins. You look against Minnesota, Sacramento, and Dallas, but then not uh, so much. It's kind of like you can beat the teams you should beat, and uh, you look, uh, that, that's impressive, uh, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Dallas, but then when you face off against the Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, Thunder, and the Bucks in the past three and a half weeks, their record is 0-5, and, and the margin of defeat is 18 points. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. It's like you want to talk about the ultimate roller coaster. I think that was, that's where the Pels are at. But I think uh, somehow, just I don't know, from a mental aspect, considering what they did the past two seasons, can they have a winning record in January? I don't know what's going to come against Boston, but it might uh, take that Wednesday night uh, in Houston.
0: Right. It's a, it's just a credit to them that they're actually in this conversation. You mentioned the last few years; they were they were never even close to having a winning record in January, especially when Zion got hurt. But, yeah, I think they can go to Houston and definitely win. Houston's not exactly lighting the world on fire. They're sitting down in 11th. But uh, I, just just being there is good enough for this team right now considering where they want to be at the end of the season. If Zion doesn't play a couple more games, I'm fine with that. Just get him to the playoffs. Because, uh, like you mentioned, they, they could beat the teams they're supposed to beat some nights, other nights it doesn't happen. You could put this Boston Celtics team tonight in the Charlotte Hornets jersey it's still more on the Pelicans because Griff's talked about it with us before the games just down at the court. Uh, Willie Green's talked about it in the press conferences, both pre- and post-game, that it's inconsistent. This team is very inconsistent. So if they don't come out and play, they'll lose to a middle school team. But if they come out and play that game, they could beat the Larry Bird and Robert Parris Celtics. It's really that much of a variance with this team. And it's just more the maturing. I know CJ doesn't have to do so much. You know He's been there and done that. And he let us know about it. But Zion and B.I., they're starting to play more of their better games. They're just not doing it consistently enough that they're even in the all-star conversation. So that, in turn, makes it where they're not in the conversation to win a playoff series.
2: You know, uh, Chris, what I looked at, uh, you know, when you set records and all that, but we were really encouraged uh, by uh, considering how in the past they've struggled against uh, the Jazz uh, but you look, but they surpassed the 150-point uh, mark for the first time in franchise history this past Friday. Uh, didn't break the 50-point mark until uh, the third quarter was more uh, than halfway over. Then uh, three nights after the record-setting offensive performance, the Pelicans struggled to put the ball in the basket against the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they shot just 39% from the field and they committed 20 turnovers against a Thunder uh, fourth-ranked defense. I think the Thunder had uh, a lot more to do with that than maybe we want to give credit yeah, to them of so. uh, where they're at right now. Because, you know, we might talk about the sexy teams like the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Suns, and then obviously Milwaukee Bucks, even the Celtics. But the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, I didn't realize they were uh, the fourth-ranked defensive team. And just watching that game, Boy, that's uh. Talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse. Where you're gonna send uh, set that record for scoring, then all of a sudden the next game you play you can't score.
0: Yeah, and credit to the Thunder, they're fourth in offense and defense. I've liked what Oklahoma City's done just as far as building, and I I even go back to when they hosted the you know the Hornets during during the Katrina seasons and how they run their organization. If you're if you're even employed by the Thunder, you have to go to the Memorial, see all that. I love what they're doing there. And we got a dose of their best game the other night. And I mean, they're going to be a tough team to knock out of the playoffs. But, uh, again, it's it's on the Pelicans to uh, just handle business. You talk about them scoring 153 and then losing the next two games by buying 60 points. Uh, one of the assistant coaches told us the other night, yeah, when we get to the all-star break, those losses count just as much as those Memphis losses by one point and one shot. So they got to have to just kind of take it in stride, learn that every team, even the Jordan Bulls of 96, 97, lost to the Raptors. You just have to find a way to do your best thing consistently. And right now the Pelicans are getting pushed too much into playing into their weaknesses instead of them playing into the strengths. And Zion talked about that. It's the physicality of the game, the consistency of the game. And uh, it, after every loss, Willie Green has went up and said they didn't play with force and purpose. If you see that, you'll probably get the good Pelicans performance. If you don't, you might as well change the channel to, um, I don't know, some other sport. What's going on now? We don't have football for two weeks, but the Pelicans ain't going to be worth watching if they're not out there playing, you know, with force and with purpose, to uh, to quote Willie Green.
2: Now, uh, Chris, how do you look at um... – because uh, when you think about it, uh, there is uh, a number of attempts uh, that you want to have in the three-point uh, line, and that I'm looking at uh, the Pelicans uh, from uh, behind the, behind the arc. Three-point arc uh, was critical in Saturday's game versus the Bucks. Uh, what the Bucks shot 20 of 45 from distance. Well, the Pelicans went nine from 23. But we've uh, heard this uh, a number of times from Coach Willie Green. Now we've got to shoot more threes. Now, CJ McCollum, uh, he was kind of quiet to say the least. He had seven points, two of seven shooting. Uh, but, but what's your take on that? Because, okay, it's like a formula. If you look at it, uh, okay, uh, we made nine of 23 from long range, and they were 20 of 45. Well, hell yeah, you're going to get beat by double digits. So, so I don't know. You just jacking up to be jacking it up because you look at more three-point attempts. How the game has trended. Oh, well, what's your take on that? Well, my take is this team they they did well getting
0: up 40 shots. They made them one night. The next night they missed them. The next night it's nine to 23, like you said. I think there's a happy medium, like 34 to 37. If it's working, keep shooting it. But if it's not, pound the paint. And to, to look at the game tonight the night against Boston, Zion, he's been doing great kicking out for those threes. But Boston is going to be missing Porzingis and Cornet. Horford is the only big they have from their usual rotation. So if Jonas Valanciunas and Zion can't pound the paint and find some way to get things going there, especially if that three-point shot's not falling, that's a big problem for this team. you got to see that point Zion experiment going. you got to see him getting people good looks. But if the locks aren't, looks aren't falling, and, again, the Celtics are missing their two big men tonight, this team's got to have a little bit of adaptability to it. And I think they go into games thinking, oh, it's this team. They play this way. We have to shoot 43s no matter what. And if they're not falling, you wind up losing by 20, 25 points. And that, that's the adaptability that this team has to find. And I don't think they'll find it until they get more consistent on a night-in-night-out basis with the rest of their core players. You the right term. On the court.
1: adaptability. Yeah. I think that's the keyword. The flow of
2: the game, how yeah. it's going. Uh, but, but, Chris, when I look at this, I think um, now I don't know what's going to happen at Boston. What's going to happen at Houston uh, come Wednesday? Uh, but I think overall, uh, I, I wonder how you would break this down. Uh, look, we're twelve and ten on the road this season. You'll be interested to see uh, if we could stay above five hundred. Uh, you never want to be below five hundred. Now you got to take care of home court advantage. But I think at this point in the season, going into Boston and Houston come Wednesday night, that 12-10 and 10 is a pretty good record on the road. Is that a fair assessment or what?
0: Okay, oh, yeah. tell me any team that wouldn't want to go into the postseason having a winning record on the road in the regular season. That's always something you can fall back on, lean on, and trust. That okay, we know how to travel well. It's just, again, putting it together on a night-in, night-out basis. but. This team, they got to adapt more, like, like we just said. They've got to go in with a game plan that, they. this is what we want to do. But if they take it away, there's got to be something else. And Willie Green just hasn't been good with the counters. He hasn't been that great with switching up his rotations. Uh, he just now started starting uh, Larry Nance in the second half to get more energy on the court. But th- this team's got to be able to roll with the punches a little bit better. I think sometimes they stay it down on the mat a little too much or they start you know, thinking about their last highlight instead of the next play to be made. And that really gets them.
1: Chris, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. We really appreciate it. to know you, uh, game's fixing to crank up real soon, and I know you got to cover it. So we appreciate your time tonight.
2: Well, uh, Chris, before you leave, oh, I got, hold I've got, I got one more. I've got, I got one more. You uh, got yeah, one more Because question, all, for all of a sudden that piqued my interest, uh, Larry Nance Jr. I'm looking at the past three games, Coach Green has experimented, started with Larry Nance Jr. at center instead of Valentinus uh in place to, to begin the second half and all so what do you think is going to happen against the celtics and uh considering the celtics have the nba's best starting lineup and we talked about their home record uh so so, so uh, how do you combat that so you think uh trade deadline that Valanciunas is gone or he's I mean, here i i
1: think chris this looks like the first not say the first but the wide opening of the door that they're going to try to move Giannis.
0: Right. I mean, Giannis has never tested free agency. That's something I don't think he wants to do. I know that there's been a few talks about a contract extension that would be above next year's uh, mid-level exception, but it wouldn't be that big of a raise for JV, so why not? Would he test a free agency? And if he's going to do that, why not get some value for him now? And if you're looking at replacing the big guys, even with Larry, Larry's been shooting great from three, but I don't like any of these lateral moves, and I think Jared Allen's been a lateral move. I mean, even- talk to Griffin, pitch names to him there on the court. But I would make Memphis tell me no on Jerry Jackson Jr. I would make Utah tell me no on Lori Marketing because if you're having to put Larry in for JV at the second half because and Willie come out and said it's all because they lack second-half energy, I think that's a move that you can't really put on JV. JV's always there with the energy. He's the most consistent one. So taking the most consistent person out of the lineup to start the second half and saying we're going to put somebody else in for energy – It's swapping, you know, For for, for, I think that's covering up for either B.I. or Zion not coming out. You got to put it on your all-stars to come out with the right energy. And making that kind of swap, it's a a signal from Willie Green. But when he talked about accountability, I think it's an accountability thing that if you're not going to go out there with energy, J.V., Larry, y'all go, B.I., take a seat. You can run the next five. You know, Zion will run that point, Zion, for the first five minutes. B.I. can go in and do that way. That's the way he's going to have to hold this team accountable. And he's doing it using pros like Larry Nance Jr. and Jv. Because Jv, when he came out, there was no ego, no bruises. He's very humble. He went right back in, and you know, I think he got nine and six in the second half that night. Larry did great. It's the other guys that have to match that energy, and that's, that's the biggest test for this team.
2: And, and you know uh, Chris, uh, we lied to you. We got more than one question because now, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> now we're talking about the trade. I'm looking at. Uh, you know, you talk about names, uh, potential prospects uh, when you, if you're trying to move Valanchunas. Uh, Jared Allen from the Cavaliers. You look at Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, from the Orlando Magic. You're talking about uh, Oyeka uh, Akangwa. I know I'm butchering that with the, with the Hawks. So uh, is there any prospects you look at that potentially uh, when you're looking at trade value uh, to replace uh, 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 Valanchunas in the lineup? Yeah, I like Wendell Carter
0: Jr. out of Orlando way more than I like Jared Allen. I think he's a name that's been pumped up the same way Miles Turner was for years. But the more you look at it, the more it falls apart because it's just – he doesn't strike me as a huge upgrade. Like I say, if they're going to do something, go for a huge upgrade. If you want to really look at it, especially with CJ being in his contract, Griffin has loved Joel Embiid ever since the draft process. If the fellow of the fall apart, chase Joel, chase uh, Luka or Trey. Because Zion and Luka have been very, not very open, but kind of open about wanting to play together, including going to Paris on all those Nike trips. You know, when Nike's paying for a vacation in France, you take it. But there's a reason those guys take it together every single year. So, again, if they're going to look at some of those names, the Jared Allens of the world, they just don't strike me as being worth risking the locker room's chemistry to bring somebody in who's going to have to find, you know, 15 games to just find their footing here. And then you're in the playoffs where this team had a, First 15 was CJ, run the point. Next 15 was B.I., if y'all remember, he had all those assist numbers like 15 games ago. This next 15 is for Zion, and the last 15 of the season, your 60-72 game mark, that's when you're fine-tuning for the playoffs. And I don't think uh, some of those names, are just they don't strike me as worth risking this locker room's chemistry, considering we've had the status quo since last year, and Griff didn't make any home run moves in the summer to shape it up. Let them let go ahead and find out what they can do together. So they at least have that as men that have worked together for two or three years and been through all these struggles and tribulations. I think that's the proper way to go.
1: Chris, thanks so much. We appreciate the extra time, buddy. Uh, So I'll let you go watch the rest of the the Pelicans game. Thanks so much for joining us. Always great stuff, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, Chris.
0: Appreciate you guys. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.